you know, you make your money when you buy the deal. But when you execute the business plan the day after closing, that's when the money, that's when you start making money. Welcome to The Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Welcome back, entrepreneurs. Today, we have Eric Tomei, founder of Top Point Investments and published author. Welcome to the show, Eric. Oh, thank you so much, George. I'm happy to be here with you and uh, your audience. Well, great. You know, I'd really like to hear about you getting your start in real estate, getting into bigger properties and some of the things you're doing now. Oh my gosh. So my real estate journey um, started way back in 2007, 2008. I started off as a flipper, believe it or not. I flipped over 125 houses since then, either as you know, managing the project or putting my own money into the project. Sometimes it was actually both. So that's how I really got started in real estate was through the flipping arena. And it was definitely fun, but you know, sometimes you run into a couple of things such as you have houses and you don't have the contractors. You have contractors and don't have houses. Sometimes you have both and you don't have the funds because all of your funds are tied up in different projects. It was a, a tremendous learning experience for me. I had a flipping business for eight and a half years. And then my partner and I decided to go separate ways. And um, it, it was nothing but educational and valuable learning experience for me. Really, really a good start to, to my real estate career. And then end of 2020, beginning of 2021, I'm part of a company, Mainstay Investments. We have 13 units. Um, half of those are Airbnbs and uh, half of those are long-term rentals. We are planning on closing on a 12-unit property uh, next month, actually, where we are going to turn that into an Airbnb as well. I own a five-unit deal in Ypsilanti, so not too far away from Metro Detroit. That's that's going very well. I enjoy the asset management part of that. And I have a limited position in a 108-unit deal in Kansas City through Sharpline Equity Investments. That's going fantastic. We closed on that in September of 22. And we've already gotten our distributions uh, starting as early as November of 22. So it was, it's been very, very good so far. Very uh, new to that, obviously, investment, but very good. And then I own a eight-unit hotel spa right outside Palm Springs, uh, California and Desert Hot Springs, California, where we are planning, uh, well, we are in the process of turning it into an Airbnb. And we are just looking to creatively market that hotel to obviously attract good clientele throughout throughout the year. So that's kind of my real estate. Good clientele is very important. Well, I think we'll talk more about that later. Yes, definitely. So now Mainstay Investments, this is what you're doing with Andy Hubs, I believe, correct? No, actually, oh. Top Point Investments is what I'm doing with Andy Hubs. So um, yeah, Andy and Zaid Kassab and myself are, are part of Top Point Investments. And we are really looking to get our, I make 90-day goals, George. So I make my goals in 90-day increments. I review them. At, at the end of 90 days or even before that. And I think if this is still a goal I want to pursue after 90 days, we do it. And if it's not, I get rid of it. And our goal at Top Point Investments is we want to get a multifamily unit under property by March 31st, 2023. Love it. Well, you know, I just did my uh, Q1 review 
Mm -hmm. I try to review every month. And that's something you actually got me doing, Eric. So I think that's a really, really good plan. (laughs) Yeah, I just I just did my uh, January review. I would say I'm mainly on track, but really have to just kick it up a notch. My goal is to get freelancers working in my business. So I've got that going, but I really haven't gotten a rhythm. So I need a system. And sure. that's that's what I want to be. That's where I want to be at the end of Q1. We're recording this the beginning of February. So just review that goal on track, but definitely got to take it up a notch. And all I have to say, Reed, I asked about Andy is he's got to be the nicest lawyer that I know. Oh, my gosh. I can't say enough good things about my my partner, Andy. He is one of the greatest attorneys I've met. But I will tell you, for as great of an attorney as he is, he's an even better person. He will go out of your way, his way to help you if you are a friend or even if you're not a friend. I mean, the, he will help strangers. He is just truly just one of the best people I've ever met. And I'm so very fortunate to have someone like that in my life and in my business. Well, I have to say, I, I do tend to like lawyers. I do think lawyers are nice. Maybe that makes me strange, Eric, but <laughs> Andy is truly a nice lawyer. Very nice. He absolutely is. He is. And, and you know what? He the education he provides to people is is fantastic. He truly wants to be a value add type person in everything that he does. It's a great way to be. And yeah, couldn't agree more. So I want to say that great deals have great stories behind them. Can you tell us a story of your favorite acquisition? Oh, favorite acquisition. That's a good question, George. I will say this, and this is going to be a weird story. But the very first flip that I did, it was probably about, oh, maybe like four or five, six months, can't remember the exact timeline, uh, before I was about to get married. And I lost $5,000 on the flip. And I do not have a problem saying that. It was poorly managed. When I look back at that experience, it was just a hot mess dumpster fire from start to finish. But the lessons that I learned from that, I applied and I went on a run where we didn't lose many dollars on flips after that. And and I've done, like I said, over a hundred. So that I'm telling you was the best thing that could have happened to me because it set myself up for future success. If you only lost 5,000 on your first deal, I'd say congratulations. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say the same thing I said to my last guest, Dr. Aaron Hudson. Like, I would not trust an operator who can't tell me about a time that they ran into a difficulty with a deal and how they resolved it or how they lost money and and what went wrong. What did you learn about it? So I think that really speaks to integrity, Eric. That's really, I I would say, a very good thing. I agree with you 100%, George. If somebody comes into you, somebody says to you in the real estate arena that they're undefeated, it's a red flag. I I'm not saying that they're not telling you the truth. They could be 100% factual, which is completely fine. However, all of us have lost money because again, that's how we learn. Failure creates success. Love it. And speaking of success, to make this podcast an amazing success for you, who would you like to connect? Like you looking for maybe deal finders, capital raisers, KPs? What, What do you need? Who can you help? Who can help you? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, currently, um, what we're looking for is we're looking to capital raise. Um, We do have a deal in the works um, come maybe May or June that we are looking to capital raise for. And we are also looking to capital raise for other teams that are potentially 
um, have deals in the works. Now, when I say other teams, that could be teams that we know or teams that we just haven't met yet. But it's very, very important that personality-wise, it's a good fit for us and we have the same values and goals moving forward or otherwise you know, business is like a marriage and you, you got to make sure that everybody's communicating in the relationship. That's that's first and foremost. So we are really looking to partner with great operators to raise capital. And honestly, in terms of asset management, that's, I feel like one of my strengths that I can bring to the table in terms of a value add. Um, I've raised capital before for many deals. I found deals, but asset management, George, you know, as well as I do, you know, you make your money when you buy the deal. But when you execute the business plan the day after closing, that's when the money, that's when you start making money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. And yeah, <clears throat> the deal's not done when you close on it. And a lot of right. people who are good at capital raising, they act as if that's the case. I think that with your skills in asset management, Eric, you're going to make a lot of friends in this business <laughs> because there are so many people who just want to raise the capital and who just yeah. want to be that face out front. <clears throat> so that is a super cool thing. And I also have to say about markets, usually I ask about markets, but KC is a really amazing market. I actually closed a deal in September in KC as well. Yep. And I love it. I mean, things things are going great. Number two uh, rail hub, everybody knows Chicago, but who's number two? KC, <laughs> right? People know about the blues. They know about the fountains. They know about the sports teams, but it's, it's an amazing growing market. And, and speaking about to KC. Kids. Yeah, and speaking to Kansas City too, George, I believe that they are hosting the NFL draft, which I think is either in 23 or 24, which is going to attract a lot of people into the Kansas City area. Plus, they have a gigantic new airport going in, very, very in the in the KC metro area. So it's really a city where the population growth is definitely trending on upward and predicts to be trending upward for the next five to 10 years. Just yeah. a little thing about asset management too. You know, we all have our strengths in real estate and we certainly all have our weaknesses, right? We have to kind of be the jack of all trades in real estate. But with asset management, there's always things that I'm learning, just like there's always things that you're learning, just like there's always things that any real estate investor is yeah. learning. So by far not perfect at anything, but, you know, always learning every single day to be the best I can be. That's awesome. And I love the way that you know your market. I mean, I don't want to say just LP. Uh, I think that's a total misapprehension, but you are an LP in this deal and you know, your market just like, is if I would, if I didn't know better, I think you you could be the GP on that deal, selling that out there, telling me why Casey is great. I love that. You know, about the NFL draft, April 27th to 29th in KC. <laughs> I know yep. that because yes, I'm also in that market. Yes. And that's something we're looking to do. We, we'd love to grab some of that business. We're still a hotel, this hotel, the multifamily conversion. Yep. And being aware of those things, it's it's just huge. You, you need to do that. And great work. Kudos. And you know what, though, George? Until can that Kansas City deal was brought to my attention, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't really know. I mean, I knew about where Kansas City, but I didn't know the details yeah. behind Kansas City until I started doing research because research was presented to me. And so it, it sparked my interest in the Kansas City market. And it's really a very, very growing, vibrant market um, to, to buy multifamily in. I'm extremely grateful to be connected with the people that I'm connected with. Yeah, exactly. So you, <clears throat> yeah, so you got it presented to you, but you learned it, loved it, know it, and now you own it. 
Yep. Yeah, I think that's an interesting observation about KC being growing and up and coming. I would say maybe a few years ago, maybe I didn't hear a whole lot about KC. But mm-hmm. I I mean, even just this last week, somebody said, hey, who are the operators in KC? Yep. So I, I mentioned myself, of course, but yep. <laughs> also politely mentioned there may be somebody who's doing more business out there that you might want to partner up with because I love these markets. I was really happy to be able to get into KC. It may not be my main market. I may not sure. do a second, third, or fifth deal there, but I like this Midwest. Curious to compare notes with you because a few years ago, people just say like, oh, where do you want to buy? Oh yeah, Orlando yeah. or you know maybe yep. Nashville, uh, Atlanta. I think Atlanta, many people would, and I think I'd probably agree, Atlanta is probably still a great market, but it's it's changing. It's really, really changing. And when you see an up and coming city like, Kansas City, museums, the culture, all the things you've got going on there, the rail and all the people moving in, the draft. I mean, NFL yeah. knows. I mean, they, they know where to schedule these things. Of course. They're a <laughs> multi-billion dollar organization. I mean, they're mar- they have marketers on top of marketers who are doing research years ahead of time, right? I mean, they know what's up. Plus, I'm a football fan, so it's a fun event. <laughs> Right. (laughs) I mean, if I was in Kansas City between April 27th and 29th, I'd go. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, they do their research. It's just like if you're looking for, oh gosh, what is it? Starbucks, some people will say, some people follow Chick-fil-A, some people follow Walmart, right? Yes. These businesses, they will do more research than you or I ever will into what places are good to be. So find somebody who's doing your type of demographic research. And in some ways, and I do always believe you've got to do your own research. But you, you can you can uh, grab onto the, uh, the, you know, the tails of someone else, the coattails of someone else who's doing a lot of that research. And it just corroborates that Casey's a great place to be. Absolutely. And, you know, you were touching on the Midwest, George, which honestly, I actually love the Midwest. People are always like, you know, are attracted to the Sunbelt states, you know, for right. multifamily. And the Sunbelt states are great. Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, the Atlanta market you mentioned, Nashville, Texas, you know, even as far west as Arizona, those are all fantastic markets. But there's a lot of great markets in the Midwest, too. And I'm not saying that because I'm from the Midwest. I'm just saying because the numbers work, you know, you're doing a deal because the numbers work and the people behind the deal, most importantly, people behind the deal and the numbers working are the, are the two most important factors in any deal that you're evaluating. Exactly. Not like some of those places where your uh, pro forma is really where you're supposed to have executed by the end of year two and selling you just on the growth. Love the Midwest. I really do think it's time to come into that middle belt of the country Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Cincinnati and I love uh, the couple of states below it, Kentucky and Tennessee. They make sense. Now, a lot of people may not know, but we we didn't meet in the Midwest, but <laughs> we are practically neighbors. We, you know, right. we can go to the same meetups. We're that yes. close. But yeah, I, I, we're not talking about the Midwest just because we're Midwesterners. Right. This Correct. makes sense. It, it does. I mean, George, I, just to give you an example, um, you, you mentioned the Cincinnati area, um, probably about mm, a little less than a month ago, um, we were presented with a deal just outside the Columbus area, Columbus, Ohio area in the in the metro area. And it was a 90 unit property. It was not all in one building. There was probably five or six different buildings to comprise the 90 units. 
And the price of the deal was it was really fantastic what they were buying it per unit. Now, wow. as we were talking about this, and again, it was operators we had never met, but they're very good, very good guys. It it did not work for other reasons for us, but the deal itself was was pretty solid and pretty strong. So it just goes to show you that even if you're not in major cities in the Midwest, there are right. there are, there are deals everywhere um, that are that are good deals. And again, you make your money when you buy, right? Yeah. Might be harder to raise for some of these deals in the Midwest, but totally worthwhile. Now, I'm curious, mm-hmm. how close was it to Columbus? Because when I think of Columbus, mm-hmm. I think that is just like Chicago number two. You've got it's maybe a Midwestern city, but wow, is there a lot of competition? Is is it close to city or a further suburb? Yeah, so it was about George. To my understanding, it was about thirty-five to forty-five yeah, minutes. I believe southwest of Columbus. It was in right. a town called Circleville, Ohio. So. I believe it's about 35 to 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, but it was it was solid, though. I mean, it was very solid. It was very the property was very well taken care of by uh, a mom and pop owner. Yeah, it, I mean, it was there was a lot of great, attractive features about that deal. Yeah, awesome. Just take a quick look at that on the map. And I, I totally believe in that area. I mean, you got Dayton yes. out there, which yeah, is Dayton's sort of a another stable. Good area. Stable, yes. stable area. You got Columbus that's growing like crazy right there in the middle of the state and yep. the capital and, and all the great things you can say about Columbus. And then you find a deal like that just a little bit out and it's still potentially very much in the path of progress and boom, numbers, numbers work. Problem Without solved. A <laughs> Without a doubt. Because sometimes, you know, with some of these deals, the numbers don't work and you're buying them for too much per unit or, you know, your purchase price or your lending isn't good, you know, a various array of things that could happen in a deal. But this, that was not the case with this particular deal. Yes. Paying the past owner, speculating on the future, mm-hmm. not something I like to do with my investment dollars, certainly not with anyone else's Correct. investment dollars. It's, yeah. I mean, when you are raising capital and, you know, I learned this when I was flipping houses, you have a fiscal responsibility to your investor's always. And sometimes, you know what, you have to make a situation right with your investors because they trusted you with their money and you have to repay them with your consistent trust with their dollars. 100%. Well, I'm just loving this level-headed Midwestern conversation, (laughs) but I feel like we got to shake things up a little bit, just a little bit. Maybe we'll get into a California state of mind. So I want to say I've observed that boring asset management plans get boring returns. Yes. So I'd like to know, like, what are some of the more interesting things you've been able to do with driving revenue? You know, that's a really good question. And I guess I'll just use um, the example of something we're going through right now, uh, the hotel in California that we're doing. We're really looking at some of our alternative marketing strategies, trying to get creative to drive business in there. Now, while we get some good traffic with Expedia and Booking.com, I didn't know, although I probably should have thought, but again, me being from the Midwest, people do not necessarily like to go to a hotel or spa in California between June and September because the temperatures regularly break 100 there. Being from Michigan, if you get a 100 degree day, right, that's going to be a big deal, right? There it's, you know, it's Wednesday. (laughs) So we're working on some things right now to try and really bump up our revenue at the hotel. For instance, 
some of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to run certain themes in the hotel per month, really targeting festivals that are out there. For instance, uh, like uh, the Coachella Festival that is popular out in Palm Springs, California, we're focusing on that as, as one of our bookings for the month. You know, you really have to get creative because in that space, sometimes the operators have to close their hotels and spas between June and September because it doesn't pay to, to keep the overhead costs going when there's not a lot of revenue going on. So we've actually, and you know, this will, I guess, keep your listeners you know, on their toes, we we're doing some marketing or in the stages are doing some marketing um, to the nudist uh, lifestyle, because certainly, you know, in the hotter months, that might appeal to that certain, you know, population. So honestly, it's not good or bad. It's just whatever you have to do to drive revenue to the business, you have to think of all angles and all possibilities. I don't think anything is good or bad, wrong or right. You just have to really, really do your best to make sure you're driving revenue into the business. I like that. Nothing's good or bad, wrong or right. I'm, I'm sure your customers <laughs> appreciate that. But if you're wondering earlier on what why I was uh, smirking when you said quality clientele. I knew this was coming. So, oh, cool. <laughs> And that is not what I meant by that. I imagine that was the really? quality clientele we're talking about. <laughs> actually, I, actually, to tell you the truth, we've been very blessed with the clientele we've had so far in 2023 at our hotel. We really have. But again, the goal is, hey, how can we increase revenue? And what alternative things can we do that other people are not doing? And that's what you have to do. You have to differentiate yourself uh, from the competition. How can we make our product different from everybody else? Right. Amazing stuff. And just got to say, this is why you need to know things like, where is the NFL draft? Okay. We're recording this. Yeah. Uh, it's this Sunday, right? We're coming up to not the draft, but Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday biggest Sunday, event right. of the year yeah. if you're yes. a football fan. Right. But if you're not, you need to understand these things. You got to yeah. figure out what appeals to everybody else, Coachella, et cetera. It's not right. about your taste, naturism, et cetera. No, it's no. It's... You got to find your niche, right. what's going on in town. How do you attract that clientele to your business, particularly yeah. for a hotel? Yeah. You know what? Honestly, and it, it's just smart marketing. You're right. It might not be what I like, but who cares? Right. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's what people like and will, will hopefully drive revenue into the business. That's it. Right. You know, that's that's really that's really what we're talking about here. Right. You know, it reminds me of a great story of investor taste versus the taste of your clients. Somebody told me the story of a new investor and uh, asked for some coaching, or mm -hmm. maybe it was just a friend went in to the property and said, Oh, hey, you know, you're having some work done here. What's that? I look up, it's she says, Well, I'm I'm having a vaulted ceiling put in for our tenants. Okay. What a vaulted ceiling for your tenants. That's never going to pay back. Right. I mean, I, I like vaulted ceilings. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people I think do, right? Well, you know what? I will agree with you, Eric. I have vaulted ceilings in my house, but I only yeah. have vaulted ceilings in my house because when I'm in my properties, I tell myself it's not about my taste so it's that not. I have money. And then I can put the vaulted ceiling in my own house. But, Correct. but yeah, I mean, I think that's Correct. a great lesson to learn early on. And I, I just all the time, you know, every time I get these freelancers doing my YouTubes and stuff, and I, I start thinking like, I wouldn't have done it like that. But you know what? Mm -hmm. 
It's okay. I don't like green. You know what? We're going to yes. have, there's going to be a green introduction to this video. So you'll see what I'm talking about. If you're in the viewing audience watching on YouTube and I, and I was going to think, you know, I could delay this. I could pay, you know, like maybe a change order fee or just even just delay it. Yeah. Thought, you know what? If it was me, everything is going to be blue and gray and black. <laughs> and so. <laughs> right. There you go. So I thought, Not stop, you. right. Stop. Yes. She is a creative genius. Uh, I'm just guessing. Doing. I think the name is Akriti behind it, but I don't know. But whoever it is that designed that, you know, you are a creative genius. We're going to run with your taste. And I'm just going to say, that's okay. It, exactly. Sometimes you just, again, you you make an important point, George. Sometimes you have to take yourself out of the equation. Right. You can't let your personal preferences blind what you're trying to do, you know, especially when it comes to running a business, right? Yeah, 100%.